Well, is uh, is my dad actually here? Can you? Is he coming? Could you go grab him? This is the moment when everyone thinks, I hope he's not in the bathroom. <laughs> he's just, he's greeting at the door, so. Well, um, I wonder if um, we could, uh, George and Patsy are with us today. I see them here. So, <laughs> hi. And, um, you know, George and Patsy were one of the four couples that were found at the church. And they've been through a very just trying, difficult season, you know, when you are 200 plus years old. They're not, but they, uh, they led a church for many years. And, and uh, you know, I just wondered if we could just, I know I'm not going to ask you to stand because you, you've been standing long enough, but I just wanted to honor your return. And I know you may not always be able to come as health goes up and down. And we just wanted to say, it's good to see you guys. Can we just give them a hand? You know, we do honor them. We really do. We threw a big party as a church for their 80th because they, they have a birthday like one day after the other. And I, we threw a big party for them. And, you know, I said to the church, whenever you do that, you set a precedent. And then the next person who turns 80 comes and says to me, well, why don't you throw a party for me? So I said, well, when you've established this church and it planted it with, you know, with others, and you've been here since the beginning, and you turn 80, and all of those things, then we'll throw you a party. <laughs> so, it's wonderful. But I also wonder if, um, if Dad, could you come stand up here one second? And uh, I know he probably won't in, like this, but I just wanted to honor my father. Um, for some of you... <laughs> You may not know him, and, uh, and I'm not making it about a man, and some of you know we have honored him in the past, and people will say, well, you guys do this a lot. It's, it's necessary. Yeah. Honor begets honor. And, you know, young people, you need to understand that if you don't honor those who have walked before you, you cut your future. And we don't honor for that reason. But you do, you cut your inheritance, you cut your future. And so I want to honor you today, Dad. <laughs> Can't look at him. Dwayne's <laughs> 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 loving this. <laughs> you know, um, my dad, God took my dad out of an interesting situation. And because of the decision that he made, my children live a different life. That's how it goes. God took hold of him and my children live in a different life than they could ever have dreamed of in a, different, in a better nation. And those watching from South Africa, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is better. And they live with privilege and pleasure and joy and wealth that, that I didn't have, that he definitely had, didn't have. And it's just grown. And so I just want to say thank you. And um, I also want to honor you as the father of this house. I may lead this church, I may be the pastor, but he planted it, obviously with those founders, but then he came and took it as, as was the first leader, led it for 12 years. So no matter how many leaders this church has, 
he will always be the father of the work. And it will always have the DNA of something of the way God uses him and has called him. It will always carry that DNA. Always. So I just wondered if you could pray for us. That would be, that'll be wonderful. morning again to everybody. <laughs> um, three things that happened in my life that had lost an impact. Obviously the most important was when Jesus met me at the age of 33. The other was when I got married to my wife. Okay, it's still having lost an impact. I'm still training her teaching, but no, I'm teasing her. <laughs> but the third one is when you have children. You really do, and uh, I was unsaved when I had my first two kids, and um, I remember my firstborn, Chantal, the impact it had on me emotionally. Incredible impact, and you realize this little life literally is in your hands. And so you have the privilege, but you have the responsibility. And uh, I thank God, I cannot express how much I thank God that he rescued me because of that it had impact into my children if you understand what i'm saying as clayton said his children it's true because your whole everything changes when god reveals himself to you when your father in heaven becomes your father in heaven and you know it eternally you're with me and so it's a privilege to be a father but it does come with responsibility but that responsibility shouldn't weigh heavy on you because you have a Father in heaven who understands and knows. Amen. Yeah. And he loves us more than we could even love our own kids. It's unconditional. He never got mad with me when I messed up. I got mad with my kids at times when they messed up. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> But God never gets mad at us. He never does. He never does. He never does. And so it was very reassuring to me as a father to say, I have my father in heaven that will help and facilitate. And often in my relationship with my own kids, God spoke to me about my relationship with him. And those of your fathers know what I'm talking about. And so it's a wonderful dynamic. So it's a privilege. It really is a privilege to pray for fathers. It really is a privilege to pray for fathers. And, um, yeah, I'd love to do that. So all the fathers, if you could stand, that would be wonderful. And I stand with you as a father. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your heart for us. That even when we came to know you, the first thing that went off inside of us, the first thing that... Um, exploded in us was ever father ever father thank you and I thank you that we stand as men today together with the privilege of being fathers of being fathers and so I want to pray for us as fathers I want to ask you heavenly father to continue to grant us wisdom to continue to order our steps as we in turn want to direct those that you've given us responsibility to. 
I pray for us, Lord. I pray for us as fathers. Strengthen us. Captivate our hearts. Captivate our hearts. Let our relationship with you be a foremost because everything flows from that. So I want to bless these precious men. I want to bless them with your heart, Lord. I want to bless them with the Father heart of God. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us insight. Strengthen our inner beings, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Bless you all. Wonderful. Thank you. You know, we don't plan this. I'm really serious. It's just, I asked him now. He didn't, he wasn't aware. So we don't plan it, you know. God just knows what he's doing, right? So just a quick thing. <clears throat> um, we have a vacation Bible school happening this week. It's our first one. And it's taken a lot of work. There was a lot of people here. This is not just to make us feel like we're ancient in truth. No, it's, it's just uh, they're having a Bible school and a lot of people was working here yesterday. So on behalf of Denise, who's in there, I just want to thank everyone who came. She was really grateful. And uh, I'm just going to very quickly just say a prayer for that vacation Bible school because children will be radically impacted and that lasts them for a long time. <laughs> Things happen in a child's heart, yeah? Father, we just thank you and we just pray for impact and change by your power and by your spirit. And we cover that school that's happening here next week in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So for Father's Day, I want to, we're in the middle of a series of Galatians. And um, this morning I came and I was here late last night being diligent, preparing for Galatians. And this morning I felt the Lord speaking to my heart to speak about something else. And um, I was going to make an announcement, which I will make, just a little announcement. I was just going to be that part, and that's all. But the Lord put it on my heart this morning to speak about some current events. And so I want to say to you, what I'm about to say will seem political. I, in no measure, will it be political in my heart. I was not raised in this nation. I was not raised with red and blue, left and right. That may be crazy for some of you. So well, what else is there? Well, for us, there was just nothing. So I just wasn't raised here. But every once in a while, you have to actually just speak into some of the current events. Billy Graham, and I've always taken, Billy Graham said, any preacher worth his salt has a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Smith Wigglesworth said, on the other side of the spectrum, that no newspaper. And do that because he will not stand and give an account for your children. You will. And because he doesn't have that authority, he doesn't have that ability to implement. And when those borders are crossed, things become weird. Hello? It's happened many times. 
Now it's the same thing. I don't have the right to give you a driver's license. I could try. And when you speed, which you do, let's be honest, <laughs> and you get pulled over, you can be like, well, there's my driver's license. My pastor gave it to me. Be like, that's great. You can take it to jail because it means nothing. Because there's no authority. In the same way, no government, and this is not a, a rally, no government has the right to determine the belief of your heart. It just doesn't. So when the state, under the banner, if we can put a banner there, of education, and I'm going to read a little bit today because I'm trying to be careful. When the state, under the banner of education, starts to impart values and tries to outline personal identity, they've crossed into our territory. Doesn't mean they're bad people. Please hear my heart. <laughs> our response often is to fight people. That's not God's way. Do not fight flesh and blood, which we'll get into. But it is the family. It is the family that imparts values. The values my children have come from our family. We impart values. It is the family that imparts and has everything to do with the identity of a child. Not the state. On Tuesday, they've passed many things. They've passed the diversity program, and I'm not an expert in this, but from what I can understand, the diversity program allows literature into the school that is, some of it is shocking. Close to pornographic type literature under the banner of diversity. But on Tuesday, they're voting for transgender rights policy which will allow bathrooms according to the child's, the way they identify at the moment. It could change. I'm just being honest, if I was, you know, I went, mm. <laughs> bathrooms according to the child's identity that will allow people to play sports with whatever gender they identify with. So a male can play in female sports and win. And literature can be requested by the child. I'm not yet sure of how low the age goes. I think it may be as low as grade one. Literature can be requested by the child on everything to do with transgender and sex and homosexuality, which will come with graphic literature and so forth, and without alerting the parents because of the child's rights. To speak to a young child in early grades and confuse the basic truth of who they are is shocking. It has nothing to do with politics. I have a six-year-old boy. Someone <laughs> under the banner of love, because that's what it's being given as, love and acceptance, came and told my son that he's not a boy and started to put thoughts in his head that's not okay. That's not okay. And to violate the authority of education, which is good, 
but to violate that authority and cut through the family's beliefs and impart values and impart identity. They have no authority to do that. The other thing is, will be pronouns. Teachers will be forced to call people according to their pronouns. Now, as soon as I say that, you know, all the different, I don't, I don't know how many we have. Thousands by now, I'm sure. As soon as I say that, people say, what are the terms? You're transphobic, homophobic, you hate gay people, you hate... It's got nothing to do with that whatsoever. Nothing. God loves all people. You need to understand that. It's got nothing to do with that. It's actually got to do with, there's a danger there that is hidden. There's a clinical psychologist who, just mentioning of his name, now people will think, well, now you agree with everything he says. And again, that's not true either. But they passed something like this in Canada where they started to, you, you are forced to call people what they want. And the reason he came out against that, which I appreciated, was that he said never in English common law. English common law is this. Common law, also called Anglo-American law, was the body of customary law based on judicial decisions, judicial decisions, embodied in reports and decided cases, which has been administered by the common law courts of England since the Middle Ages. Never in the history of common law have they dared to compel speech. It's not telling a person what they can say. It's telling a person what they must say. There's a difference. You can go look at other regimes in the past, thousand, couple, couple thousand years. Whenever you are forced to say, whenever there's compelled speech by force, you have to speak this at this time, compelled speech. It never ends well. Never. It is an extreme form of dictatorship, but it's coming under a different banner. So that would be an issue with the freedom of speech. Right now, the lifetime suicide rate, and these are not easy things to talk about. The lifetime suicide rate, and this, this percentage may seem very high because it's not saying suicide rate of last year or the suicide rate of the last, it's over a person's lifetime, the likelihood right now in the United States from the stat I read, and I'm sure there's different stats, is about 4% in general. The lifetime suicide rate in the transgender community is slightly over 40%. That doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make, there's not even a them. Even of that, it's not fair. They're people just like you and me, and God loves them like he loves you and me. There's no difference. You can't force them to have your beliefs. See, tolerance used to be, it used to mean what it meant. Tolerance used to mean tolerance. I never liked that word because I don't want my wife to tolerate me. Think about it. It's the worst thing ever. I will, to I will tolerate you. And tolerance used to mean there's a tolerance I have for you in the fact that you are different to me. Now tolerance has become, unless you celebrate what I think, the way I want you to celebrate it, you are not tolerant. That is not even the meaning of the word. So the temporal lobe, they say, is only fully developed 
at the age of 25. That's basic science. So, there is no area of life, think about this, with such a high suicide rate because they make a decision here, but 10 years later, it's causing devastation. And there's not many longitudinal studies. In other words, study over 20 years. There's one-year study, two-year studies. So it's like almost an experiment that hasn't yet fully developed to many. And there's no other area of life do we trust a child to make a lifetime decision. In no other area. Personality, character, career. We don't go to a five-year-old and say, we need you to decide your career now. And it must stay like that forever, because once a decision is made, it's made. Why can we suddenly say it's okay? The temporal lobe isn't even developed until 25. That'll give you... A friend of ours used to say she used to look at her teenagers and just go, that's... Still, still growing. But why would you, why would you suddenly say, okay, we're going to allow children to make a decision about something they know nothing about that will affect the rest of their life and they can make it now? And, and we think that's great. Let's go to the Bible. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 1 says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted, people don't like this, just this part. Unless you are converted. That word converted means revolution. There's a revolution in a person's heart, and you go from the throne of your heart, Christ comes to sit on the throne of your heart. Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. That, excuse me, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Now, he wasn't just talking about physical children, obviously. He's talking about being born again as a child of God. But then he says this, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, that word sin, causes to sin, in the, in the, the phrasing there, means to place a stumbling block in front of them on their way to Christ. That will cause them to be, it will make it difficult. Should I say that again? It means to put something in front of a child that will make it difficult in their perspective of who God is in the future. He says this, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and if he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. So, that is not being harsh. That is just a basic understanding of people in positions of authority need to understand 
what authority really is and where the boundaries of those authorities lay. Marriage, for example, was God's idea. No person came up with that idea. That's God's idea. It was God's idea. And therefore, family was God's idea. Why? Because the government of heaven, the authority of heaven is between a father and a son. That is family. So here is family. Male and female, Genesis 1, verse 27, was his design. Science tells you the sex of a baby, I never thought I would have to read this because for, forever it's been true. The sex of a baby is determined by two sex chromosomes inherited from both the genetic parents. A baby will normally inherit one sex chromosome from his mother and the other from the father. A woman has two X chromosomes and thus gives either of her X chromosomes. The father has one X and one Y chromosome and can give either his X or his Y chromosome. The egg from the mother already contains an X chromosome. Therefore, the sex of the baby is determined by the X or the Y chromosome of the sperm cell from the father. A baby girl will result if there is XX and a baby boy will result if the final arrangement, I like the way they say that, <laughs> is XY. Why, does that, why is it like that? Let us create man in our own image. In our own image, in, in the image of God, Genesis 1.27, quoting, in the image of God he created him, him talking about Adam, male and female he created them. It is our Father in heaven who actually gives identity. It was the first privilege he gave to Adam before sin came into the world, before he, sin changed the humanity's nature. He said to Adam, speak identity, in my words, speak identity over other parts of my creation. You name the animals. I will partner with you to give identity. God made us in his image, all of us. It is the Father who gives identity in heaven. So he made it naturally, not that the mothers don't, of course they do, of course I'm not saying that. But it is naturally within the human race that the father will determine identity because it models what happens in heaven. So what do we do? What do you do? What do you do when this is happening in our community, in our society, because I can guarantee you, it's not going to suddenly stop. So what do you do? Because I've had many people ask me, how do we deal with this? And I'll tell you, and I just mean this with love in my heart, the church hasn't got a good history of dealing with this kind of thing well. As soon as you make people your enemy, you've lost. As soon as you say, well, they're wrong. As soon as this happens, you've lost. Because that's never helpful and that's never true. We have to understand the, the, the difference between the coin. You know the, the parable that Jesus said, a woman who had ten coins. And she lost a coin and she searched and she just wanted to find that one coin. And then he said, the one coin is the person who is lost. In other words, unsaved. And then she found it and was back with the ten coins. You know the parable? What's the point? The value of the coin did not change when it was lost. The coin didn't grow in size when suddenly she found it. 
it was worth a quarter, say, when she found it, it's still worth a quarter. A person's value does not change when they get saved. Their value is in God's sight the same all the time. But they still need to be saved. They still need to come to a repentance of sin and a knowing of who Christ is. You see, all authority will actually be determined by judgment. These are basic things. They will be determined by judgment. So even I'm preaching at the moment on Galatians. And a lot of Galatians is grace and law. And people ask me, well, how can you, do, how can you have grace in a nation? You know that a nation will be judged differently in a different place than a person? People will be judged, in a sense, by God for their life differently, at the end, differently than a nation. Nations will be judged when Christ returns and sits on the throne of David here on the earth, and there's a new earth. He says, I will return with a rod of iron through which to judge the nations. Nations will be judged here by Christ when he returns. We, as believers, we will be judged for sin differently than we get judged for what we do. In other words, works. You know that? And this is how wonderful the grace of God is. The judgment for sin is Calvary. So if you are in Christ, your judgment for sin has passed. Think, let that sink in. That is good news. Works, the greater works that we were created to do. Not works in order to become, not works in order to earn, not works in order to love. There are rewards in heaven. We will not all be the same in heaven. That will be judged then. But that has nothing to do with your salvation. That has come and gone. And when you are found in him, when you get there, oh, sin, oh, that's already been taken care of. Because the judgment was placed on the son. But nations will be judged when he returns. The Bible says that. So a nation needs laws in order to function. It's not like the law is bad. The law is good for nations to function, for society to function. That's why it will be judged differently than a person. Are you with me? Am I making sense? So what do we do? What we don't do is fight flesh and blood. We do not, and we're going to read it to you because that's much safer. I am not trying to sway any person's opinion today. Please hear my heart. And I'm not trying to have my own, although that is difficult. I do this for honor of my Father in heaven and as a physical father. My brethren, be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6.10, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not, you know that word wiles is the, actually the word for mind in the Greek? Stand against the way he causes you to think. In 2 Corinthians it's similar. And he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. There are two ages in the New Testament. The present evil age, which is now, and the age to come. The rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we are not to fight against flesh and blood. The Bible says in, in, also in Ephesians 2, are you still with me? The Bible says in Ephesians 2, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, speaking about when you get saved, when you're born on the earth you were dead in sin. 
But when you were saved, you were made alive. You became brand new. You were made alive when you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. How's this? In which you once walked before you were saved. How? According to the course of this world. According to how this world operates, the systems it's set up, how, the, how different policies and strategies and structures are built according to the course of the world. Okay? which is according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, talking about the devil who works in the sons of disobedience. So the course of this world is according to the enemy, the rulers of wickedness in this age. We have to understand that doesn't make every nation bad or people bad. It does mean that there will be things that are implemented in nations, in societies, in communities, in programs. There will be things that are implemented that look nothing like the Bible because they are following the course of this world. And in their heart and in their mind, it is often the best thing they can do and the best they know how to actually promote love and acceptance. Their heart is often good. But it doesn't mean it is truth. Because the minds and the eyes are blinded. So when the church stands up and said, you terrible people, you bad people, you, it doesn't help. Because you make people the enemy. And people, aren't your, people are not your fight. Learn to employ spiritual weapons. So what do we do? Well, we employ the use of practical rights. Vote. There's a lady here today who is a representative of a petition that is going around that if you can sign the petition, you have to do it physically. It's not an online thing. It's going around to call the school board of Loudoun County to account for what they're doing. doesn't mean they have evil intent. Please hear my heart. But as a representative of the county, all the people in the county have an ability to vote. It doesn't have to be crazy and emotional and violent. It's just practical rights. So there's a petition going around that if you want to sign, there's a lady here. I think she's a lady. I don't know, actually. There's a person here today who has a table in the back somewhere. And I didn't want to put her up here because then everyone feels like they have to. And that's also not fair. There's a table in the back that if you want to go sign a petition, she will allow you to sign a petition. You can employ your practical, given rights in this nation. There's nothing wrong with that. What else you can do is employ the use of spiritual weapons. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, I read it, but against powers and darkness. The Bible says that we have been given powerful weapons to pull down strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is the way our entire community thinks because of something that's in the unseen realm. You see, any time you pick up an, an, a weapon that the enemy gives out, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousies, hate, discord, violence, incorrect speech, whatever, any time you pick up a weapon that the enemy, in a sense, hands out freely, that weapon is actually built to destroy you. So when the church employs fleshly weapons against fleshly issues, it doesn't work. So I mean this with all the love in my heart. Do the practical thing, but also employ spiritual weapons. And never make people your fight. They're not. 
I had one of my best friends. He's still one of my best friends, truly, in South Africa. We were 15, and I wasn't going to share this, but oh well. And he came to me one day. He said, hey, hey bro, you know, hey, bro. He said, I, I'm gay. So I said, okay, I don't care. I said, I don't care. Don't ever make a move on me. <laughs> and we're good. You know, he had an interesting lifestyle. He came around, he got saved, radically saved. He got set free, because it is an issue. He got set free, he's married today, he's in ministry, he's a very successful businessman. He's still one of my closest friends. He came and told my mother years later, he said, Clayton never not loved me. And we're still friends today. Does it mean I agree with what he did? No. But I tell you, I did a whole bunch of other stuff. People are not our fight. Do not fly flesh and blood. And do not use any weapons that the enemy gives out that the world uses because they are built to destroy you. But you can use spiritual weapons to deal with the spirit behind, the issue behind, the motive behind, the agenda behind, and practical things like rights that you are allowed to use to bring change and to bring restructuring. And at the same time, you can love someone that you disagree with. But true love is not what love is being said today. Love is being said today, you have to agree with everything. You have, to, you have to use these words, you have to speak like this, you have to say like this, you have to think like this. Friends, that's not love, that is dictatorial force. And it's not okay. And it's not okay to tell a child things that they will know nothing about and change the rest of their life. Do some people struggle with this? Of course. Is it a spiritual issue? Actually, yes. And sometimes the only people who actually carry the answer, which is the church, have so forgotten the power of God and the power of the Spirit that those who have the answer, when they don't have it, there is no answer. And so people are struggling, working through stuff. It used to be that it was, it was even bad in society. But now society is saying all of these things are wonderful and celebrating it, making it actually much harder for some people. And the church's position sometimes on it is just to throw stones. Friends, it's not rescuing anyone. But at the same time, the church's position cannot be, we just love you so much that we are tolerant, that we celebrate everything that you're about. That is not love. It's not. Don't ever allow sin against you to cause sin in you. Don't allow sin against you to cause sin in you. Then I ask you to recognize one more truth. You do everything you can within boundaries. You, you pray, you fast, you weep, you mourn, you, you have do whatever you can. You employ no use of, of fleshly weapons and policies get passed and things get changed. The Bible says when that happens, the love of many will grow cold. Why? Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So we start to hold God on, put God on trial because things that are happening in our region that we don't like. 
So the love of many grows cold in the heart and we move away from what God has given as solutions and we start to employ, well, we'll fix it. Jesus said that in Matthew 24. So what happens when the policies are still passed and things still happen? And we're trusting that this won't because it's, let me just be clear, it's a demonic propaganda. It's, it's not good what they're about to do. Doesn't mean they're bad and it doesn't mean they see it. It's not good. But what happens when things are still passed? You may not like this, but there are three forms of authority. Government, family, and ecclesiastic in church. Just as much as they don't have the right to dictate the belief in your heart, the church doesn't have the right to tell the state what to do. So what do you do when those things are passed? Well, the Bible says you come out and be separate. You set yourself apart. You build your own schools. You build your own universities. You build your own businesses like the Quakers did. You build your own companies. And you offer to the world an alternative. It can look like this. Song of songs, come away. Come away, my love, and be separate to me. Jesus speaking to the world. Come with me, and I will show you how to do it differently. When the church does that, of course we want to influence. But sometimes you influence through building it separately so that you can have an example. Look at the shining city on a hill. How did this happen? His name is Jesus Christ. And he changed my heart and he changed your heart. And he has ways that are not the ways of the world. I can't change the course of the world. That will change when Christ returns and he sits on the throne of David and with the scepter of iron he will judge the nations. But until that time, we do everything we can. And sometimes we separate ourselves unto the Lord. Amen. If you have any questions, we are considering having a night of questions. People can just come and ask questions. And I'm chatting to the leaders and we may do that. If you would like to sign something today that calls a Loudoun school board to account because you believe in your heart they've crossed over, which I can say personally, as a father, I do. You can't tell a child what they want to tell a child. It's not okay. If you want to sign that, it's going to be somewhere in the back. If you don't, that's fine. It's in another room, sorry. Yes, like back of the building. And if you don't, that's fine. And there should be no judgment in anybody's heart. Hello? Happy Father's Day. Let's stand. Apparently, we should address issues more often. <laughs> Friends, you know why I did this? And there may be more to come, but I'll tell you why. I said to my wife, I feel like I need to take a stand here. And I don't do it quickly, not because any time I take a stand, if I do that, if that's all I do, I just become a politician. 
And as I said, I feel like, but I'm going to wait for the Lord to speak to me. So we pray, just a couple seconds, we just pray, Lord, just tell us. The next morning, I got a text from someone who doesn't live in the state saying, I feel like the Lord's telling you to take a stand. I don't know what it's about. In a different state. So you should do that. I was like, okay. <laughs> Decisions made easy. Dwayne, can you come pray for us? Is that all right? When you've said things like this, you need a lawyer to close in prayer, right? <laughs> oh, that's pressure right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you used to pressure, but... Well, lawyers get paid, though. Anyway. All right. That's a good... No, Peyton, stand up here. Come on. You're not done. So I'm going to do something just a little bit different. I actually just thought to do this. It's been a good day. I've really enjoyed today. I mean, there are just so many facets. Uh, the presence of God, he hasn't left. And I'm thankful that you're all standing because that, that, in a sense, is just a measure of honor back to him. I'm going to pray something, but I, and I need your help because I just want, it's, it's more of a, a position and an attitude. And there's much uncertainty, as Clayton was speaking into a present-day issue, and there's much uncertainty that I know exists in many of you about exactly what to do next or what to do, if anything. And we all need wisdom in that. So if you would just close your eyes, I'm gonna do something, but I need you just to participate with me. First of all, God, we thank you for this day. God, our Father, just your presence just brings security and peace. Just as we stand here right now, and oh Lord, we need wisdom. Each of us, individually, for our families, we need wisdom for our communities. And I just ask right now, in the name of Jesus, wisdom, we ask you just even now, just to enter this room. The very spirit of wisdom your word is so clear that those who ask for wisdom, for understanding, oh, you so delight into just to give. We invite you, wisdom, to enter this room. We honor you. We need to hear from you direction, strategy, and understanding. We thank you. God, we thank you for this day, for all that you are doing, for all the amazing things that you have in store for your people. We thank you, O oh Lord. Amen. Amen. Just, uh, actually, Ken, come on. Sorry to do this. As Dwayne started to pray, I felt this in my heart. If you hear this morning and you want to become a father, And, and you're married, yes. Wisdom. And you've chatted to your wife, and you're in agreement. And you've been saying, we're trying to have, but we're not able to. I honestly feel like God say, pray. Because I am a father in heaven. And I know the longing in your heart to be a father. 
So Heavenly Father, if there be anybody in this room, you know, that wants to become a father. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break barrenness. In the name of Jesus. And I declare fruitfulness over the man and the woman, over the husband and the wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry. Awesome, Ken. We do have a ministry team just as we close. They're going to be up front right here. If you need love prayer, uh, please come up. But for all of you, thank you. For those online, great to have you with us. Enjoy the day. Good morning, Free Life Church, and happy Father's Day. We're glad you're here. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our Connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. We look forward to meeting you. Calling all golfers and aspiring golfers. Come join us for an afternoon of golf at Stonely Golf Club on June 25th at 11 a.m. Please see our events page to register before June 18th. Men, come join us at the Freedom Center for a work party on June 26th, starting at 8 a.m. We want to support the local ministry at Freedom Center in North Leesburg by helping them with some general grounds maintenance. Special skills are not required to help. Freedom Center will provide water, snacks, lunch, and equipment, but you can also bring your own tools if you prefer. Come to Kids Place Spirit Night at Chick-fil-A in Leesburg on June 28th from 3 to 8 p.m. Just mention Free Life Church and we will receive 15% of the sales. drive through and pickup orders also count. Senior youth, join us for a great day in Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Registration is open through July 7th. Don't wait, sign up today. Better a Life, an amazing community outreach program is preparing the Percival Cares and Hope event on July 31st. There are rewarding volunteer opportunities in many areas where you can bring your skills and heart to help make a difference. For more information, visit betteralife.org or contact Elizabeth Ford. Our prayer team meets every week on Friday to pray. If you would like prayer, please fill out the electronic form or drop the request in the connect box. The prayer team meets every Friday at 11 a.m. at the church to pray. If you are interested in joining the prayer team, please contact us at prayer at freelifechurchva.com. For more information about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.